0: Welcome to the Ground Up Podcast, Episode 1. Ground Up aims to offer food for thought with a healthy mix of the outdoors and adventure as well as the intrinsic social and environmental issues associated with the places in which we love to play. We hope to elevate topics of local interest to a national level through frank, honest conversation and open-minded inquiry. My name is Hannah, and if you know me, you won't be surprised at all to learn that this first episode centres around the single-use or disposable barbecue. It's an ongoing issue that disproportionately affects rural areas like the Lake District where I live, but also is a larger environmental issue and a cause for concern in terms of human injury and property and livelihood damage on a national level too. Kicking off the conversation in this episode, we have two fantastic voices, one a local political figure and a national conservation expert too. This is Episode 1, A Burning Issue. Thanks for listening. The Great British Barbecue. It's a hotly debated issue of late. So much so, in fact, that in July this year, London's Fire Commissioner Andy Rowe called for a national ban on the sale of disposable barbecues, and the UK government began commissioning research into the connection between single-use barbecues and wildfires. Remember the summer of 2021? As the COVID-19 pandemic appeared to slow and trips away were allowed to go ahead, England experienced a resurgence in the popularity of holidays on home soil. As tourism in rural areas and beauty spots like my homeland of the Lake District began to boom, businesses began to pick themselves up after the financial hit of COVID-19. People all over the country began to benefit, many for the first time ever from the positive mental and physical effects of time in the countryside. But whilst the economy healed, the landscape suffered. A sad byproduct of all that fresh air and fun, litter and antisocial behaviour began to encroach on these wonderful wild spaces. One form of litter in particular, a single-use bargain barbecue, which could be widely purchased from just about any supermarket or convenience store, proved to be the most damaging and deadly of all the discarded items finding their way into the environment.
1: the end of what's been a very long and
2: gruelling day for fire crews, about 50 firefighters have been here tackling this moorland
1: blaze which started at around 7 o'clock. If you do
2: everything perfectly correctly, these things are still dangerous. And unless you do something very stupid, these things are safe. This year there's been around 100 moorland fires from uh, January
0: to April.
1: The full extent of the damage to the board is astonishing. Oh, you can smell it. It looked
0: like the end of the world. world. It was really, really scary and bright. For moorland affected by wildfires in the Peak District, such as Marsden Moor, the damage reaches deep into the ground, causing long-lasting, sometimes irreparable damage to natural elements that are crucial in the fight against climate change. The peat that lies beneath moorland habitats, often covered by a carpet of sphagnum moss, stores away carbon. Worldwide, it's thought that peatland contains more than 550 gigatons of carbon. 20 million tonnes of carbon are stored in the peat district alone. When peatland is damaged by fire, carbon dioxide is released into the atmosphere in large quantities. The British Mountaineering Council, or BMC is the national body that champions the interests of climbers, hillwalkers, and mountaineers in England and Wales. Dr Catherine Flitcroft is the Access and Conservation Officer for the BMC, managing the Council's relationship with the government and recreational organisations. CASP was the brains behind the BMC's 2020 No More Barbecues campaign, which encouraged people to contact their MPs to make the use of disposable barbecues on open moorland a criminal offence. With a background in environmental archaeology and a PhD in blanket bogs, it's safe to say she's something of an authority on the importance of protecting these sorts of environments. Two years on from that initial campaign, I was interested to know what progress had been made by the BMC at a national level, and where Kath hoped things would go next.
2: Because
0: obviously so the last time we spoke, I think it was probably back in 2021, when Co-op had agreed to stop selling disposable barbecues in their national park stores. Obviously, since then, there have been a number of developments, including some supermarkets removing them from sale altogether. And we have had an assurance from the British government that research is going to be carried out into the environmental implications associated with disposable barbecues. So how have things progressed from your point of view? Um, do you think that supermarkets have done enough? Do you think the government are moving fast enough with this proposed research?
2: Um, Well, firstly, I think it's great that so many supermarkets have kind of woken up to the fact that disposable barbecues have or can have a devastating effect. And, you know, so many of them took the the decision to remove them from the shelves during the warmer months of this year. Um, But, I mean, some of them did that across all of their stores, which is great, and others decided to do it within a certain distance of the national park. So I, I still think it's unclear whether this is a permanent decision, so year on year it'll happen, or actually whether they could be reintroduced next year if, for example, we don't have such a heatwave. I think from the offset, you know, we can't kind of sit back. We've got to really keep the pressure on the supermarkets to say this is a, you know, it's an ongoing problem year on year. Um, we've got to kind of keep them off the shelves permanently. because It's not just about the devastating effects it has on the wildlife, but it's also, I think, 35,000 tonnes of single-use waste packaging a year. It's got such a kind of environmental footprint that they're not a good idea, and there are so many alternatives anyway that aren't uh, single-use. I think if the supermarkets are serious, I think it would also be amazing if they could all Get together, actually, chat to one another and make an announcement together collaboratively work collaboratively because I do actually think that would have more of an impact and the public would actually be more aware of why the supermarkets are making that decision to take them off the shelf. So, have they done enough? Well, they may start, but yeah, fingers crossed they'll carry that carry on in that vein. Um, in terms of politically, um, there was a Westminster debate. presented by Holly Lynch, she's the MP for Halifax earlier in the year, but it was quite poorly attended, which was disappointing, but it wasn't just a Westminster debate. And on the back of that, Victoria Prentice, the former environment minister said that research would be commissioned, but nothing has appeared yet, uh, which is rubbish, because obviously for any kind of meaningful understanding and meaningful claims by government, they need to be doing that research now. I think they feel that local authorities have already got the powers to restrict the use of disposable barbecues through public spaces protection orders. And some may have done that, but again, I think that's not the deterrent. That's not, you know, that's not going to stop you Joe blogs going to buying a disposable barbecue from the spa and then going off on a jolly. So again, well yeah, just to answer your question, no, they're not doing enough and they're not moving fast enough. There's sort of scratchings around the edge, but yeah, there's no there's no full commitment yet from government level. I don't think they're taking it that seriously, to be
0: honest. A lot of retailers, are, they're still justifying the sale of disposable barbecues by saying that they've implemented safety advice at the point of sale. Co-op had things going over their PA systems advising people about safe usage. Um, and a lot of them have some small print on the back advising people to extinguish them properly. And their justification for that is that education rather than a ban is the way to go forward with disposable barbecues. But do you think that approach is enough?
2: Uh, no don't absolutely not i mean people i mean p- a few people may listen to those announcements which is great but i, I don't think anybody really reads those uh you know the safety advice on the back of the disposable barbecues it's absolutely no guarantee that it's going to have any impact and and also we need a huge amount of money to educate properly and effectively police how uh, and, and where people are using the barbecues i think it can't can't encompass the whole package of actually the damage it can do in one small leaflet year on year the number of wildfires seems to be increasing so um i mean i do agree that people need to be educated absolutely Um, i mean we send over one million barbecues to landfill every year as well so we've got to think about that aspect of it (laughs) Talked about the effect of fire and heat damage on peat bogs and moorland. What are the implications of fire caused by disposable barbecues on other rural areas? So, for example, mountains, farmland, or forests. Yeah, the moorlands have the big impact for lots of you know walkers and so on. But yeah, there are absolutely thousands of grass and open land fires around the UK, also devastating to the environment and. Um, putting pressure on our already stretched emergency services. Uh, lots of grassland fires, particularly this year, recorded even in, in you know around London, places like that. Um, I mean they also consume and tear through the live and the dead biomass with direct ecological consequences. And that affects other ecosystem processes, such as the increased runoff and then you get enhanced surface water and that washes farmers their uh, nitrates and so on you know into the water more dissolved organic carbon so it, it's it's got a it's got a massive cost also for the water companies to kind of make our water so we are able to drink it and they are also a major source of atmospheric pollution and a lot of the a lot of the kind of forest fires and the grassland fires are also closer to people's homes closer to agricultural buildings like you know there's a lot more infrastructure and so the impact um, on them, you know, is often quite great. The um, Woodland Trust, for example, have had uh, 30 fires across their site since 2018 at a cost, they think, of over a million pounds as a result of barbecues. The forest, the grasslands are also important ecosystems for ground nesting birds, reptiles, and even like damage to scheduled ancient monuments. So, yeah. Wherever it is, it can affect swathes of, of animals as well as people. What do you think the solution is ultimately? And who needs to now take responsibility for preventing further environmental damage? So I think I think a complete ban is needed. Um, and yeah, we need to reiterate our plea for government to absolutely ban single use disposable barbecues outright. Um I think, you know, obviously the strategic leadership and the messaging sits with government, but there is a role for outdoor organisations like the British Mountaineering Council, um, you know, to, to educate their members and hope that that kind of transcends down to those that might not be so aware. Um and, and that's what obviously what we tried to do with our Naval no Barbecues campaign. I mean, a lot of the fire services and the national parks have done a lot of a lot of work around this in the last 12. 24 months, which is great, but it feels to me like we're all kind of operating different regions in different silos. I think one big national campaign with clear messaging uh, would be really helpful. Yeah, take sandwiches, not sausages, would be my campaign. Um, <laughs> you can have a sausage sandwich, but make it at home. <laughs> you know, we're not saying ban barbecues, people obviously still have barbecues uh, in designated areas or at home but just not of the disposable type and you can buy some amazing barbecues now for not very much money which you know aren't single use so yes I think the the solution is us and government but working together collectively
0: yeah it needs to be a a unified front from all angles really definitely Mm -hmm. Kath seemed to be just as much in the dark as I am about where exactly this proposed government research currently stands that's MP for Halifax Holly Lynch speaking in that poorly attended parliamentary debate that Kath mentioned. And I to move that this House is considered the potential merits of disposable barbecues. And West Yorkshire And that is Victoria Prentice, the former Minister for Farming, Fisheries and Food, announcing that research was being commissioned. The that was back in March.
1: Has not yet managed to resolve.
0: So I'd like to announce today that we're commissioning research to examine the role that barbecues play in wildfire incidents, specifically disposable barbecues. And we will also use this research to examine the role of other flammable items, sc- such as... Sky has progress halted because the government at large thinks that local authorities have the issue under control? Public spaces protection orders are in force in areas including the Lake District, Derbyshire and Yorkshire Dales, and the Peak District, meaning that fines can be issued if anyone is found to be lighting fires, barbecues, fireworks or Chinese lanterns on council land. But in such expansive wild areas, these things are difficult to police. Keswick is a well-known market town in the North Lake District. Surrounded by relatively accessible hill walking and famously situated next to Derwentwater. Water, it's popular with holidaymakers and day trippers too. The lake is a hive of activity in the summer months, with families flocking to take part in water sports and wild swimming, sometimes followed by a barbecue on the shore. But disposable barbecues have become hard to come by inside the town, as in 2021 Keswick Town Councillor Sally Lansbury put forward a motion to ban the use of disposable barbecues on council land and successfully lobbied local retailers to place oh. discretionary bans on their sale. I'd like to I was interested to know I Sally's thoughts from a local political level and what she believed needed to be done next.
1: These disposable barbecues. So the fire risk is quite obvious. You know, there's been other comments about their use on grassland and open moors. Um, the fire service are very concerned about their safe use. I'm also concerned about the sort of purchasing chain, the supply chain, and the climate impacts, as well as the fire risks. Often the wood for these items is grown in forests in the southern hemisphere. It could be South Africa, Cambodia, Brazil, Indonesia. The, the trees are felled and processed. Um, they're then packaged in aluminium, cardboard, and plastic film and transported thousands of miles to supermarket shelves. Then they're used just once. And usually for the sake of half a dozen badly cooked sausages, and then they're they're discarded, they're chucked away. It's a huge carbon footprint for a single use item. They're not at all easy to recycle and at the end of at the end of their journey. So they'll end up in general waste and ironically reburned as dirty refuse derived fuel in the cement works. In our area, it's in the cement works. Well,
0: okay, I didn't know
1: that in cement works. Yeah. So Those are the concerns. So with, you know, fire risk, danger to humans and wildlife and the whole supply chain all the way to the waste product. But in terms of controlling their use, so I can talk about this at several levels, at town level, at borough level and national uh, park level. So I'm just going to start at town levels where myself and the mayor of Keswick, we wrote personalised letters to all at, retailers of disposable barbecues in our town to ask them to stop selling these items for all the reasons that we've just outlined. And we wrote several head offices as well. So that was on behalf of the town council, but also on behalf of the community who'd been writing in about that. So we had really positive outcomes. And you know, with the chains, our main chains here are booths and Scott Mid Co-op. And both of those cease selling these items, not not only in Keswick, but also in all English national parks. And we realise that's not easy for the retailers as people do still arrive, still wanting to buy them. They want to have that barbecue by the beach or on the hillside. So it's it's not an easy thing for those retailers to lose that sale. And we, we really appreciate that. Um, Town Council level, we've we've prohibited the use of disposable barbecues in our our parks and we continue to keep the message of please don't bring barbecues, disposable barbecues here. Um, And our Tourism Association, that's Keswick Tourism Association, and the National Trust have both updated their guidance to ask people to refrain from using them rather than to use them safely because on open land, there just isn't a way to use them safely. And uh, so we we work with several community groups, so Town Council, Sustainable Keswick, the Fire Service and so forth. We keep banging that message home. Then at a borough or district council level, the council officers look into getting rid of the use of these items on council-owned land, you know, parks and wildlife sites. And also they're not permitted at any festivals and events controlled by the council. We, At both levels, town and borough, we wrote to our MPs, that's Trudy Harrison and Mark Jenkinson, who unfortunately were rather less supportive about controlling their use and simply pointed us towards their safe use rather than restricting sales. I think that's a bit disappointing because really it's the same as fireworks. They should be controlled you should know who's got them and who who's buying them and who's using them and they're 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 not restricted at the moment so in in the Lake District National Park because we we sort of overlap with our authorities we're Allardale Borough Council but we sit within the Lake District National Park and we've had success with them as well our local councillor that represents us on the Lake District National Park that's Councillor Lywood did take this to the National parks and through the Landowners Forum, because obviously lots of different landowners within the National Park and they agreed to prohibit the use of disposable barbecues in the park. So signage is being created, that's on their websites as well, but it is a bit flawed and not everyone gets to see that sort of information. They just might arrive in their cars with their barbecues and still use them, so we still need to get the message out there on radio, TV, and and so forth, so that it becomes general knowledge.
0: So I know there's like a few supermarkets that have started selling reusable. What they're sort of branding is like sustainable alternatives. Do you mm. think there's a place for them in the national park, or is it something to no. avoid?
1: I don't think there's a place for them. I did have a look at them and we had a discussion with Booth's supermarket about them and that they temporarily brought them in to try and meet the customer demand on barbecues. And they're they're not exactly a single use item, but in reality, people still use them as a single use item. So the carbon footprint is still just a bit as big and they will just chuck them away, even though they're still they're a bit more expensive and potentially theoretically they could be reused. But in reality, they're not reused. They're they're treated as disposable items. So I'm afraid not. And and Boost was really responsive to that, and I have to congratulate them for that. They took them back off the shelves again when we when we brought it to their attention.
0: Um. Do you think there's any scope just from like a, a national park point of view? So just uh, like anecdotally, I spent some time in Australia where they have um in situ barbecues in a lot of their sort. Oh. of beauty spot areas and what they are is they're flameless they're just sort of hot plate kind of barbecues is there a place for that in in the lake district national park i
1: think i would love to see that um we might have a try for that in in um in our parks the problem is that if young people use the hot plates and then burn themselves etc it's it's a really difficult one so i do think barbecues are really for home use
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I wonder if there's any like scope to kind of take a lead from them. Um, So a number of other councils have debated this issue. Um, Some have implemented PSPOs and have started opening up talks about alternatives. Um, And then every year during high season, the area suffered damage, the conversation starts up again. And as visitor numbers inevitably drop, so the conversation tails off too. Um, So do you think town and county councils have reached the limit of what they can do? Um, and is this now an issue that, that we need to hand over to the government?
1: So in terms of the, the limits of the authority of what town and district councils can do, um, we are at the limit of what we can do. All we can do is prohibit on our our authority owned land and keep keep getting the message out there. We have no enforcement powers, so and how would you find people, you know, out in the out in the open countryside anyway? So enforcement wise, it's it's almost impossible to enforce fully. It, the change has to come at government level, whether we restrict their use by people having to sign for them when they buy them, like you do with fireworks, you have to show your age. At least that would be one step in the right direction, make people think about it more, think about what they're buying. I do I do think that retailers just continue to sell them because they can. They're never asked not to. And so, you know, they make a nice sale together with some burgers, sausages and a few cans of lager and a bottle of wine. So from my point of view, they, they shouldn't be produced. So we shouldn't be importing them into the country and we shouldn't be selling them. I'm not sure of the legislative changes that are needed to do that, but I do know that it's at a national level that it would need to happen. At a local level, we can campaign, we can change people's uh, perspectives, we can change certain people's behaviour to a certain point, but unless it's backed up by national action, the changes won't be permanent. So that's why it's so important for people Concerns expressed by both Kath and Sally
0: surrounding the environmental implications of disposable barbecues and their impact on rural localities are something that seems to be echoed around the country by grassroots campaigners and charities alike. This year, the Woodland Trust pleaded for visitors to its sites to leave the barbecue at home, whilst Keep Britain Tidy launched a campaign addressing the risks posed by disposable barbecues, sky lanterns and littered glass. Coining the hashtag, ban the flaming things. Figures that I obtained in a Freedom of Information request stated that since the start of 2020, a total of seven fires in the county that were attended by Cumbria Fire and Rescue Service were started by barbecues. That might not sound like much, but that's just one county over two years. And as we heard earlier in the episode, the effects of just one fire can be devastating to precious ecosystems and wildlife, as well as people's livelihoods and well-being. Kath and Sally both seem to agree that progress is going to call for unity within campaign groups, across political parties, and amongst retailers who need to take a unified stance. With NGOs, local councillors, MPs and fire chiefs all calling for a ban on disposable barbecues, and the controversies surrounding our single use culture, we really have to ask why aren't the government acting faster? And of course, why do some retailers insist on keeping disposable barbecues on their shelves? Winter is in full swing, but the debate is still smouldering. I'll be keeping the conversation going in the next episode. A Burning Issue, Part Two on the Ground Up Podcast.